0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back into another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm sitting down with Keith Myers. I'm Bill Olfstead. Welcome to the show, Keith. Good morning. Good morning.
1: Got my coffee, got um, all my stuff ready. Let's talk some free agency.
0: Yeah, let's do it. So we're going to set all the the fun rookie stuff aside for this show and um, get you guys all set up for free agency coming this week starting Monday with the tampering, legal tampering period, whatever. Uh, and the the uh, the Wednesday signing, official signing uh, day begins. And um, as you know perfectly well, Keith, in the past, the Seahawks have kind of avoided the first couple days of free agency, allowed the market to settle in a little bit, and then picked mm-hmm. up their quote-unquote value. Uh, age uh, free agents uh later on in in the days and weeks uh following so just before we get started with uh going down the path of evaluating all the position groups and free agents available out there let's set this thing up a little bit and talk about how you view the market overall how it's changed for the seahawks in the last 48 hours 72 hours whatever it is and um and and where we're sitting with the salary cap and, and what you anticipate the Seahawks might try to do.
1: Well, I mean, <clears throat> things have traded, or things have changed greatly because of the Russell Wilson and uh, trade and the Bobby Wagner release. Uh, the team now has more money to spend because of the, the Bobby Wagner part. They've now got a massive hole in their roster at quarterback. So uh, they went from looking like, minor players where they're gonna yeah just sit out the first few days get some value players some younger guys um you know some some things that will fill out the middle part of the roster and uh, now they're looking like perhaps someone that will is willing to uh go make a splash or two and uh that's not a spot where they've usually been they've usually avoided um the free agency splashes because they're expensive and they rarely seem to work out for the for the new team
0: it's yeah and and there's still a chance Uh, they just i don't know that they can completely kick their overall philosophy out the window as they approach this Mm -hmm. i don't anticipate paying like the top free agent guard or center available or the the best wide receiver available etc uh even edge rusher um possibly uh but instead Try to find younger free agents, um, you know, in their mid to to early late twenties, um, and accumulate um, a lot of depth uh, mm-hmm. as a, a, and then fill that out with the, with the draft. Um, they do have a lot of their own free agents um, that they could turn to as well. We can talk about that a little bit and that kind of strategy. I know early before all of this, uh, the the trade and the the release of Bobby Wagner happened, there was talk from Pete Carroll directly about wanting to retain as many of their free agents as possible. I don't know if that strategy is now completely changed given the team would likely want to get younger and so forth. I'm not sure if anybody in particular gets crossed off the list, for example. Um, Let's just say it's Diggs. Um, do they want to spend the money on Diggs now? I think that they probably do. He's young mm-hmm. enough, and they could build a really nice secondary around him. So he still may be uh, a guy that I would definitely consider the Seahawks wanting to retain. Outside of that, Keith, um, on our own free agents like Sidney Jones, for example, and mm-hmm. maybe you can talk a little bit about Gerald Everett and maybe the the player we got from, from Denver impacting that and so far.
1: Well, I mean, Gerald Everett uh, was a uh, an important part of the offense this last year. Um, very productive receiver, um, reasonably okay blocker. Um, you know, played 65% of the snaps in, in Seattle's offense. So uh, for a tight end, that's pretty good. But going and getting, um, you know, Noah Fant, who was a first-round pick, um, he's 25, he's uh, – a more athletic version of Gerald Everett, who's younger and cheaper. And, um, you know, and also a guy that plays a lot. He played uh, 78% of the snaps for for Denver last year. So he's a guy that, that the team can depend on. He becomes the starter. Um, he becomes the best tight end on the roster currently, um, just by his acquisition. And I don't think the team needs to go spend the money on a guy like Gerald Everett unless his price tag just drops uh, considerably.
0: So let's talk about a, a few of the other Seahawks free agents, and I'm just going to run down the list a little bit. Maybe you can stop me when you want to talk about one of these guys. Uh, Dwayne Brown, Quandre Diggs, uh, just talked about Everett, Brandon Schell, uh, Ethan Posick, Rashad Penny, Al Woods, Sidney Jones, Gino Smith. Alex Collins, Robert Kim Dicci, Ryan Neal's uh, re- uh, exclusive rights, Kyle Fuller restricted, Rashim Green, Phil Haynes mm-hmm. is restricted. Um, let's see, everything else is kind of that. Um, that's uh, unrestricted. Um, Will Disley, DJ Reed, Jamarco Jones. So that's kind of the un- unrestricted list.
1: Yeah. So the um, there's a there's a whole group of. Exclusive rights, free agents that basically if the team wants them, they stay and they stay for um, the minimum that becomes, you know, John Reed, um, Penny Hart, Brian Monet. um, Those guys will be back. Um, The restricted guys, for the most part, require a a minimum tender that you have to to give them, which is usually around $2 million uh, for the one year. And I'm looking at the restricted guys. And I'm like, okay, find me one that's worth a tender. Uh, Kyle
0: Fuller certainly isn't. Yeah. Um, I don't think at this point Phil Haynes is either. Phil Haynes hasn't. But he's, I mean, right, he's right there, but I think that they can cut him and re sign him. I, yeah, I don't know if anybody else is going to be beating the door down for him.
1: Yeah, they'll let him reach free agency <clears throat> and then try and re sign him for less. Bless Austin's the same way.
0: Um, yeah, Carl, so I don't see. Kyle Fuller is gone.
1: He's, yeah, he's got to be. Or he, if he isn't, he's certainly not getting paid. Um, yeah, the restricted so. tender, he'll end up in free agency and then come back on a, um, you know, on a, on a on a minimum deal.
0: Um, so let's talk about the unrestricted guys for just a minute. How about like mm-hmm. Sidney Jones? What do you think about Sidney Jones?
1: I mean, Sidney Jones
0: was he's only 26 years old, too. He
1: is. He's a guy who's he's 26, he played, um, pretty well for Seattle. Uh, and came over, you know, at the end of, you know, right at the beginning of the season, um, after training camp, after the preseason, he came over in that, um, in that time period. And so it took him a little bit to get on the field, but once he did, he, I mean, he wasn't like a standout, um, like, oh my God, he was great, but he certainly was steady and played well. Um, the biggest knock on him throughout his career is his inability to stay healthy. And that wasn't really an issue. Yeah.
0: Um I think it's gonna season, be an inexpensive so. option for the Seahawks to sign, especially if DJ Reed is is not able to be re signed. Mm-hmm. It would give so them I, at least an option of of a guy that's familiar yeah. with the system. Yeah, I could see Sidney Jones um returning. Um how about the two offensive linemen? That's to me, that's the the big question. Brandon Shell and Ethan Posick both are middling guys. And, we know that. And but, Dwayne Brown. And Dwayne. So, you know, what do we do there? Those three, three there's three Three starters. starters. It's hard to move on from that, but here we are with well, a, in a rebuild, they've already and re- now you've really got options.
1: They've already replaced Shell um, with Jake Curran. He came in and was an upgrade last year. He's younger. He's cheaper. He actually has some I don't, upside. I don't, I don't
0: feel like anybody's really talking about that and giving um, him any credit for, for what he did and earning the spot. I, I feel like everyone's still thinking that we need to bring in either a high end draft pick or some sort of veteran to compete with him. Well, and that wouldn't be a bad idea
1: to bring in. I mean, he's, it was a guy who was an undrafted rookie, um, last year. And so, yeah, he had like, you know, six games where he looked um, good as a run blocker and struggled a bit as a pass blocker. Although I think, you know, his reputation with that is a little overblown, but, um, you know, are you going to trust that going forward as your only option? And I think that having someone else there to compete with him, is not a bad idea or if nothing we, else, just we need, they need depth. They need someone other and than him as a uh, possible. What if he gets hurt? You know what I mean? They we've have talked
0: extensively about Abraham Lucas in this draft mm-hmm. coming in <laughs> and being available in yeah. playing yeah. right tackle is that would not be a bad thing. And then go back to being the starter mm-hmm. in 2020. Well, And then
1: then they've also got Stone Forsyth who has that like, he's like, a, as far as like his measurables and all of that, he's a prototype for left tackle. Um, What he isn't is a run blocker, which I know will be tough for Seattle because they want to run the ball, um, especially now that they don't have a quarterback. But, um, you know, he is a guy that has the physical skills they need to teach him technique and they've got to, you know, fix some things as far as his run blocking and his um, inability to get low enough to get leverage and things like that. But uh, they've got a guy who looks like he could be a swing tackle uh, on the roster and may develop into a left tackle. So they, I mean, they've got those two guys are your, are your tackles that they're, they're the ones that are on the roster and having someone who could be a swing tackle, play both, um, especially if you're going to go in with those two thinking that those two might be your starters, uh, you've got to get some depth. You've got to get someone who can come in if, uh, and, and, and help and fix some of that. Because if Forsyth isn't ready, who you're, are you you're just going to get whoever's playing quarterback killed? Now, uh, you gotta now
0: that we've moved on from Russell Wilson and, and Bobby Wagner, and it looks like a complete rebuild, um, and we just don't know the philosophy of which way the team's going to go. They're either going to try to reset this very quickly, in either a one or two year deal or full rebuild where it's like more like three or four years, I would anticipate that the the former mm-hmm. um what do you do with i'm gonna i'm gonna mention three or four players here, and then you you can talk about them d j reed will disley um, and Diggs and dwayne Brown like what do we do with those guys? Those are guys that have been starters or significant mm-hmm. rotation guys.
1: So Dwayne Brown, um, starting left tackle 37 years old, going to need a, going to need a fairly big contract. Uh, he won't be around when this team is ready to compete again. Two years from now, he'll be 39 at that point. Um, I think you, you let him walk and, um, thank him for his service.
0: And, and that wasn't the case a week ago.
1: no, A week ago, you re-sign him to a one- or two-year deal and you basically try and keep your quarterback happy um, and then you you start making sure that you have someone behind him in case he gets hurt and starts to break down. Um, But now, there's really just no reason to keep him. Even Um, on the
0: one- or two-year rebuild, reset
1: thing? Because you are, even in a two-year reset, right? He'll be 39 at that point. Um, we can go look guy, at
0: the tackle market too when we get into the other free agents available out there and his we'll
1: see. his injury history throughout his entire career has been a guy that hasn't been able to stay healthy um for a full season and all of that and at thirty nine he's not going to be a guy that you want to be relying
0: no, on no, but you know at thirty six this year um it could be a one year just placeholder he's,
1: he's thirty seven right now
0: um and true. i i did play he didn't
1: play ninety eight percent of the snaps for Seattle. This was one of his best years as far as staying healthy. And they kept but, him out
0: of training camp and all that stuff to kind of help him along. So yeah, but it was out of not practice his, every week.
1: It was not his best year as far as performance on the field. Um, no,
0: allowing nine sacks. That's not good. Okay, yeah, so let's go on that, to the other guys.
1: So um Quandre digs at twenty nine. I he if they want a two year reset, I think you bring him in and you, you try and, and bring him back because He's kind of the guy that you want. He he's is, a glue piece. Yeah, he's a. They want to be more. Um, they want to be more versatile uh, at safety, where they, they can roll people up and back and and do some certain things. And he's like exactly what you want for that. Exactly. Um, and at 29, he'll be 31. He'll still be in his, um, you know, in his prime when they want to compete again. You and he has a lot of good years with him. And he, so.
0: and he has a lot of teaching ability. If we do a too high deal, he can be mm-hmm. back there with somebody bringing him along, and then whoever you know, mentored, can yep. can take his place. Um, okay, so what do we do at the tight end position? Um, uh,
1: so this is, a, we already talked about um, <clears throat> Everett. I think they let Everett walk. and I think they try and bring Dizzley back because I don't know if their market's going to, there's going to yeah. be any market for I him. I do too, and he's 26 um, years old
0: and he's the, <clears throat> he's the team's primary blocking tight end.
1: Yeah. And he's, he's going to be inexpensive. He's going to be very inexpensive and he is an incredible blocker. Uh, I know there's been a lot of like hope that he can uh, recapture some of the magic that he had in, you know, his first like four or five games, uh, which also spanned two major injuries um, as far as a receiver. But I don't know if we're going to ever see that. But what we've got is a guy that you can line up in line and protect a tackle and just be really good as a run and pass blocker. And there's more value in that than fans seem to um, recognize. And he's just a really good piece to have on the roster. And if you can get him for practically nothing, why wouldn't you, especially at his age? Yeah. Um, the other he's one,
0: available you know, for like 1.2 to 1.5 million a year. That's a little mm-hmm. over, you know, minimum, plus a little bit of guaranteed money. You get him on a three-year deal. He's happy. Team's happy. All right, DJ Reed. DJ Reed is an interesting one because this is a guy who's 26,
1: um, been very good when he's played. He was kind of a... Um, kind of a revelation they never really expected him to be that good but he has been um you don't really want to lose him because you don't have much at cornerback if he's gone um, but at the same time you are in a position where he's going to be expensive and you're in the middle of a scheme change and does he match That's what exactly, you want to yeah. do schematically um, with the new scheme and i mean he's not a guy who's tall he's not a guy who's long uh, and he's, you know, kind of sticky in coverage, but again, just not a, he's not a prototype as far as, you know, the measurables. And so what do and, you, and do I think them? the
0: markets, he's looking at like an 8 million to $10 million a year market for him, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is coveted out there. Great. I understand that. I get that for teams that are set for teams that are a few pieces away. That's a good signing. For a team that's going through a complete thing and you've got the scheme changes, like you mentioned, he is young. That's, that's going for him, but he's got one year basically of production and um, does the, and the team has significant needs all over the place. So with that said, um, I'm not sure if it it all aligns really well. Now you, you go let him test the market. Maybe it's not as strong as as everyone thinks and he can come Mm -hmm. back like on a two year, you know, seven million dollar deal or something that maybe would be realistic for the Seahawks, um, but we'll see. Because if they don't uh, sign him, and then um, Sidney Jones goes someplace else, Seahawks are starting all over with their mm-hmm. corner well, room, and which is maybe and, okay. But and
1: especially if um, if Diggs walks in free agency, and you, hopefully, they're trying to trade Jamal Adams. Um, I mean, you can look at having of your four defensive backs having four new starters next year, and that is I mean, that's a rebuild. You want to talk about a rebuild? <laughs> that's that's right. a rebuild. Um, right,
0: that is a rebuild. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's necessarily something that you'd want to do. You, you want you want veterans in the building to help mm-hmm. mentor your young players at certain positions, and you've got to have somebody in that defensive backfield? somewhere along the line that's going to be able to do that. Now, it could be a new player to the Seahawks. So, let's talk about free agency. Okay. Um currently the Seahawks are sitting at $50 million cap space. Um likely maybe not completely done there with uh, attaining cap space either by some restructures or um additional releases. Mm-hmm. We just don't know that yet, but let's go into this. Um so that's the cap space Let's talk about the market. Obviously, Seattle now has holes all over the place, really. We can start at quarterback, but, you know, tight end is empty. The offensive line now at running back, um, yeah, (laughs) defensive tackle, linebacker now, um, defensive end. We've talked about that needing speed and edge rushers and the secondary. The I mean days. literally we could talk about every position. I let's talk about every position Keith cuz that's what we're going to do. We're going to go through the entire position group. Let's start with quarterback. Okay. What's the market look like for Seattle? Um not the trade market. We can talk a little bit about that if you want. Um, I don't. I think we should we should save that for another show.
1: Um the the free agent market is just empty. Um you're looking at Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton, maybe
0: um, right. Jameis Winston,
1: um, Jameis Winston, Marcus Marietta. The, that's yes. that's the free agent, which none of right. not a single one of those people should be brought in to be a starter. Uh, so I mean, that's what that, but that is who you're looking at as your um guys. Are any of those a significant upgrade over Drew lock Which we none know none of those is, are a significant upgrade bad.
0: over Geno Smith. Let alone Locke or anybody else. I mean, right? I'm I'm not yeah. exaggerating. I mean, like, Geno Smith is also a free agent. So I'm. I know. Go. But what I'm saying is, are any of those names that we just mentioned significant enough for the cx to go out and sign some middling level quarterback contract? Let's just say it's eight million a year as an example instead of just bringing Gino back and let him be the placeholder for a year he knows the system he knows um Shane Waldron he knows the offense he performed well in one of the three games that he was in last year that's all we expect somebody to come in and win anyway is one of three games next year regardless of
1: yeah. if it's
0: Mariota or Winston or Bridgewater any of these veterans are only going to win one out of three games with the roster we have yeah so and what we- do you do I would say that um, it,
1: I wouldn't touch a single one of them and I would just run with Drew Locke and let him lose. We know he's
0: not good. And Jacob um, Eason is on the roster too, just FYI. Yeah,
1: but like I said, just, I, like I said I, we know he's not good. You know, he's going to lose a lot of games, uh, but so is every other player we've mentioned. So why not just, we've got the guy on um And you bring Geno back
0: maybe to be the backup or to be the starter, compete with Drew Locke to be the starter. Just roll with that, maybe pick one in the draft. Maybe yeah. not at nine. Maybe you pick a guy at 40 or whatever. Um, that would be interesting to me. I I'm not afraid of this strategy anymore. It's a nightmare strategy for somebody that woke up um in Seahawks land last week, but the but this week that's our reality, right? And so I would be okay with not expending any any sort of capital on any one of those players that we mentioned. There's a couple of mm-hmm. players in the in, you know, the trade market that's a really crappy market too, you know? And so, um, and we'll talk about the quarterbacks in the draft in episodes to come, but this, this is just not good. I don't even know that it's worthy of, of continuing to have a conversation because I just think that it's, it's empty. It's, if they're going to, rather than bringing back Gino, who is older
1: and we know from watching him last year, it was, it was brutally
0: bad. Um, with, with, Tinges of no the fun only, moments he had a great only, he had one great game where he was the, like really yes, nice against, and, a, and a few drives and intermittent against Jacksonville, which
1: was just a pathetic defense all year um and against the two teams that were not playoff teams but were you know in that mix near the end, he looked terrible i mean let's we go if we're if you're if you're if you're gonna bring in a guy to just be a placeholder and lose a lot of games i would say why not go look at a guy like josh rosen who was the 16th overall pick and he's bounced around a little bit um never really found a home and a a chance um and he's an unrestricted free agent out there you could probably have him for you know half what you're gonna have to pay he's he's
0: been tossed around so much i hope that he spent the last six months in a therapy chair because that's what he has needed to do is like Get his head right because oh what a what a tough deal okay so we'll come back to that i that conversation mm-hmm. i think as it kind of develops and we understand possibly which direction the seahawks are thinking um let's do the wide receivers really quick i think it's going to be a fairly short conversation because i'm just not exactly sure if there's a huge need out there Demonte there adams was franchised chris godwin was franchised right away mike williams got a new contract those were kind of the top three available early in free agency are now off the market. Allen Robinson's sitting there, Odell Beckham Jr., Michael Gallup. None of those players or players okay. that Seattle would consider. We've already got our top two guys, um, but they may take a look at a player, let's just say like Christian Kirk, for example, um, where he's more of a slot guy, age 25 and a, and a half. He can give you some return um, availability and some vertical threat. A guy like that might be interesting to have on your roster just because of the age and the upside. And it's a position of need, I think, on the Seahawks.
1: See, and the the the, the guy that I was kind of looking at as a um, you know, one-year flyer with no, nothing guaranteed so you, you're not out anything if it doesn't work out would be John Ross, um, was a first-round pick, uh, one of the fastest 40 times in the Combine history. Uh, might actually be the fastest forty time in Combrane history, if I remember right. Four two two. Only, only twenty seven can't stay healthy. Has not done a single thing on two different teams um, during his time in the NFL. But he's from the area. He went to the University of Washington. <clears throat> willing to come in on a on an absolute minimum nothing deal and play for an opportunity to stay in the league. Um, I would I would definitely do that. And as a guy that you could um you know bring in and 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 see what you've got and 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 roll with that because especially at his age you know there's upside with that speed and all of that right uh, yeah Yeah, you're
0: definitely not going to bring guys in like aj green or ty hilton or anything like that i think you stay away from those aged veteran Mm -hmm. players and you try to find upside sammy watkins is out there um Zay Jones is another guy that you could have kind of as a number three option, possibly. The and and we can also look in house as well. You know, we've got a really nice piece there. We just he didn't have a lot of playing time this last year, and we'll see what he's got this year. Um. All right. So how about, how about running?
1: Let's uh, say so how about running back? Because let's, okay, let's we, do
0: running back because that's definitely a need.
1: Because the Seahawks have um a couple of guys which have kind of shown they they're. They're, they're not guys that are going to run up the middle for you, um, on the roster. And you know, a guy that, that can't stay healthy and is coming off a major neck injury and neck surgery. Uh, that's it. And so and and, and
0: could be a release situation.
1: Absolutely. Um, and I would kind of be surprised if he's on the roster at the beginning of, of camp. And, but then you go and you look at, okay, well, what's the market look like? There's a lot of guys that are older that probably aren't going to um, have a significant uh, time left in terms of their 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 time in the NFL because running back just eats people up. Um, but you got Rashad Penny sitting there. He's probably the best young guy um, that's available. What, is, what does
0: a contract look for you? Like? For Penny? Yeah.
1: Uh, Two-year, two-and-a-half
0: million with one guaranteed. Yeah, I was thinking three million. Yeah, and right in that range. Yeah, I th- um, I think I think that's about right.
1: Leonard Fournette might be a name that mm-hmm. that you look at at twenty seven. He's also coming off a, f- a fairly major injury, so maybe you can have him on a prove it deal, um, you know, for cheaper. But go look at the rest of the market. You're not going to find. I mean, Ronald Jones um, down in in James, Tampa. James Connor. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he looked good at the beginning of the year and then really just kind of ran out of gas for most of the season, so I'm I'm not sure that and, that, and injury hits that I would go.
0: Yeah. yeah, um, how about Sonny I mean, Michelle? No, I wouldn't, not a, not a good fit in this scheme. I no, mean, with, with the Rams around the same scheme,
1: yeah, and
0: they needed other pieces. Um,
1: I mean uh Mel-
0: melvin gordon was always a player that i thought would be a good scheme fit in seattle a guy that uh, uh that pete yeah. carroll would like mm-hmm. not necessarily shane waldron but pete carroll would like because he's you know a tackle breaker he's a guy that can break tackles in fact he's he's one of the league leaders in that department um yep. yeah, but he's more of a committee guy he's not going to give you anything um t- i mean he he'll give you a a little bit of receiving, but he's not that he's, he's more of an early down guy. Yep. So, okay. I mean,
1: he's a guy that, I mean, especially he's 29. He he played a lot last year. Um, if his market starts to dry up and, and is available, I would, you know, take a flyer on him. Yeah, so I would, you
0: Pete know, would for, love for me, I would solve this with Rashad Penny and one or possibly two picks in the draft or one, Solid pick in the draft, maybe in the top 100, and then um, unrestricted guys and had just guys come in and compete. I mean, the the
1: other part that I would look in this is we've got um, you do have DJ Dallas and you have a change in um, scheme ish. I mean, they're going from an inside zone focus to an outside zone focus, and you have a guy like that who. Is a better fit for an outside zone uh, scheme, so maybe he fits more into their plans than uh, than people are thinking. We, you know, you watch him play, and you're like, yeah, you know, not all that exciting. Um, but then, you know, with this better scheme fit, it might be something that you could roll with.
0: Sports fans, look at the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NFL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code T-P-P-N at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I think we can skip over the tight ends. I honestly think Will Disley's coming back. We've got Noah Fant and mm-hmm. Parkinson already on the roster. I think that's yep. pretty well going to be set. I think they bring in a couple of undrafted guys and they go into the to the season with that. Um, let's go to the offensive line. You want to start at center or guard tackle?
1: I'll start at tackle um, because I'm looking at the tackle market and I'm 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 not overly like ooh, let's go sign any of these guys. How about Teron um, Armstead? I, he's the guy who is, <clears throat> especially you know, coming off an injury. He's only thirty-one, um, and but has been very good for the Saints when he's been out there. Uh, basically, he would be an upgrade over Dwayne Brown, both in terms mm-hmm. of overall play uh, at this stage. But he's going to be, be, he yeah, be. He's going to be expensive. He is going to be expensive.
0: I think he's going to be like an eighteen million dollar guy. Yeah. And the I don't I was, know. I mean, I we I do have 50 at... million dollars and if you're going to throw money, you're going to throw money at left tackle, elite corner, premier mm-hmm. edge rusher. I mean, those were that's where you're going to spend your money in this. Yeah, in this it's free It's hard period. to
1: look at this group um, and say, "Hey, you know, here's a here's the guy that that you go throw money at." And, um, and the guy
0: that you liked prior to this whole thing was Cam Robinson and he was franchised. Yeah. And then that's Orlando cool. Brown was franchised as well
1: mm-hmm um so you can also look at um eric fisher maybe yeah god yes then no he's been such a disappointment just over and over again yeah. um and I, I i would say even then once he started to like hey he maybe you know he's figured some stuff out and gotten better and then he got hurt and, and so i'm just i don't know if you just go down that road at this point um
0: yeah here's, you know, a, here's the situation where i think you tried it. Possibly sign it's Brown, which is not a horrible thing. Still do a one-year deal for Brown at ten million or ish, mm-hmm. and go draft a guy and kind of roll with maybe a later-round pick as well yeah. to kind of bring in and develop. And then that that's it. And then mm-hmm. you know you're you're going to look at a, a center possibly. We'll talk about that in a second. I think we're okay at guard. Maybe a rotational kind of guard. I don't know. There's just. Where do you upgrade the team if you've got all this money to spend? Is what I'm saying when there's really lackluster players available.
1: Well, I mean, that's that's the thing is you you they're the def, the defensive side of the ball has has more for us when well, we let's, get there. To look okay, at. Let's, let's let's get say, through like how about we center? have to, I would say well we've we have talked about them needing a swing tackle, a guy that's not a starter, but you can bring in and he can play both and he's available on game day. Um, Bobby Massey might be a guy that you look at. Uh, for that so for people who are looking for a name. Um okay but now to look at at center, you know, this is a, a situation where the team needs help at center. Um they don't have anyone on the roster that's actually on the roster. Um they've got a couple of guys that they could bring back, but I don't know if you care enough to do so. Um you know I I look at this and I'm like, okay, so who who do you have that's out there? Um There's a guy that Seattle might actually like more now than they did a year ago. And that would be Justin Britt. Remember him? Um, Who's available to come back again. And that might be a, an interesting
0: fit for him to come in. I like a a guy better. That's, I think it would be perfect. Would be Brian Allen. Yeah. From the Rams. Now age 26 and a half. He's started in this scheme. He knows Mm -hmm. the, the lingo and he can come right and and have an immediate impact, and you could even over overpay for him to make sure you get him in free agency. And I think that would be a piece that you could carry forward in a rebuild that would is last. He,
1: if you're going to do that, is he an upgrade over Ethan Posick? Yes, you think so? Yes, I think it's a pretty much a wash, and so I would just base on
0: price. Just you know, I'm I'm going to do pro football focus just because I have access um pro football focus has ethan Posick ranked 194 they have brian allen ranked 68 overall prospect not just center group overall prospect so i mean that's kind of where they think they're ranked and he had a he he had a a 1181 snaps last year with a 74.8 uh overall grade which was ranked 10th out of 39 qualifying centers in the nfl yeah,
1: And um, let's see
0: where Ethan Posick was at. Ethan Posick had a 67.3 grade, was ranked 15th out of the 39 centers, but he only played less than half the year, 600 snaps. And the, the year prior, he was almost dead last ranking at, in 1,000 snaps at 59.8 grade. So, I mean, there is an upgrade there. Austin Blythe would be another guy, Kansas City, mm-hmm. um, with a with a low-level contract age 30 that could come in and kind of be your placeholder if that's the direction that you're moving but he would be a scheme fit yeah big price is
1: another one from the giants all right so
0: you want to talk about guards you want to move to the defense
1: let's talk let's move to the defense because right now i don't see the team needing a guard uh they've got both their starters and unless they go and they make a move to um and trade a guy like jackson now that um wilson's gone
0: uh they don't mm. need one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i agree all right how about uh interior defenders
1: okay so we start looking at at uh at defensive players defensive line this is a team that needs um needs some help there i personally think they're going to solve it that in the draft but but yeah go- going after guys um malik collins comes to mind uh maybe vernon butler uh as guys that can be interior um defensive tackles that can come out and and, and be helpful and, and are young enough that are still going to be around. I'd kind of kick the tires on Solomon Thomas. I know he's been a disappointment in uh, first in San Francisco and then with the, uh, with Vegas, but he was a, uh, he was a first round pick for a reason. There's some athleticism there. There's some upside. Uh, he's a guy that I I would kick the tires on and see, you know, you know who I would kick the
0: tires on. Who Maurice Hurst. Okay um i think he's gonna be cheap he's 27 years old 49ers you know i think second round draft pick in 2018 didn't work out was injured his very first year didn't play at all came in he he had some snaps in 2019 522 snaps he had a 73.1 grade 29th out of 116 interior defensive linemen in 2020 he had 277 snaps before he got injured with a 77.9 grade, mm-hmm. 19th overall defensive tackle, and then 71 grade this last year, only 41 snaps, hurt again. He's a guy that's just been injured, but our, those injuries are deemed non-relatable, you know, non, um, they did didn't—they weren't related to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just take a flyer on a guy like that and have him come in and compete, because he does have some upside, and when he does play, he plays well. I don't know um other than that keith the market i mean you'd have to go out and spend a little bit of money in this market yeah. uh Akeem hicks is sitting there if you want a mentor guy to come in and kind of a be really good for your defense and and um be um actually play well and have an impact on your on your line um but he's he's definitely older he's going to be 30 well he won't be 33 before the season end, like next year but really close Kelly, uh, Calais Campbell's out there. I don't know if he's a good scheme fit for this defense. Um, actually, PG. if they,
1: if they go towards, a, uh, you know, more of a three, four, he becomes a good scheme fit.
0: Um,
1: because what he becomes is your, your, your five tech or your three, but tech. he'll
0: be 36 years old by October.
1: True. And that's why I don't think that I, I didn't bring him up. Um, you know, who actually is a great fit, um, is, uh, Shelby Harris. Yeah the guy they just traded for that's funny um and so he's gonna come in and um I, I, with this with the team making this shift towards a a, a more of a 3-4 alignment what you're gonna see is you know you need a nose tackle well they've kind of got that you know it, with the, the two defensive yeah. tackles that they've got yeah, on the roster true. um and then as far as defensive end to go when you're a 3-4 defensive ends have to be bigger. Uh Shelby Harris becomes a guy that that fits in there. Um well, and you know it's just a, they're in a situation where they they kind of don't need it as much uh if they make this this shift. They're they're not really if when they stay in a in a four if they were to stay in the 4-3 of the scheme they've ran the last few years, man, they need a 3-tech badly. Um but I don't think they do and so i think that uh they're in good shape kind of where they're at uh if they switch more to a three four and with i honestly i think that rasheem green's market might not be as as lucrative as he wants it to be and he might be available to come back and he's mm-hmm. a guy that, that was a, he was
0: I, I agree last year. he'd be a great and rotation is, is, with harris, Shelby yeah, harris. So just,
1: just a good fit um in the scheme and in seattle and and if he, they can he's young, and if they can get him on a, on a contract that's not excessive, I'd absolutely do it.
0: How about on the, uh, on the other side, a guy like, uh, you know, we can play strong side, Leo-type stuff, Emmanuel Agba, Hassan, Hassan Redick. What, what would you think of those two players? I mean, the, the primary driver, I think, in this offseason is to get fast, get speed, get okay. edge guys that can get to the quarterback. We just didn't have enough of that. I think that's yep. going to be a focus. Hassan um, but- Redick would be fun. I, anyway. I think so too. He's a little undersized, but he's never been asked to be a true linebacker. I think you, you put him up mm-hmm. to the close to the line of scrimmage and let him go. Um, Ogba, I'm intrigued in just because I've always been intrigued with this guy since he came into, uh, into the draft. He's going to come into his own now, uh, with Miami, uh, age 28. Um, I think he'd be a solid starter. Um, yeah, I'm, I would, I would also, I mean, especially if
1: you can get him on the cheap tack McKinley. Um, he got talk about a guy who's been, um, kind of a disappointment throw. I mean, he was a first round pick who kind of did nothing, uh, for the Falcons moved on to the Browns, man, the guys just got wheels and it's like, okay, can you get something out of him? And so why not take a flyer on a guy that has all that athleticism, even though he doesn't have the production and see if you can see if you can, can scheme around what he does well. Uh, and and turn him into a, a more productive player. Like would you
0: would you throw money? Would you spend the most money for any free agent, considering how much money we've got, on a guy like Harold Landry? I'm just really curious about this because he's a he's a unique player that's really kind of taken a little bit of time to come into his own in the NFL. But he's, he's only 26. Aged, he's 26. He's looking at probably a four million, or a four year, fifteen million a year type of deal you know yeah. he's that kind of a level but he's he'd be perfect in this uh adjusted scheme where uh-huh. we're running more 3-4 principles on the outside linebackers type stuff and come up and and rush the passer i think that he could be a guy that they probably have on their radar oh absolutely um
1: if of all the guys that they might spend actually spend money on um he's like he's the guy i'd look at uh, because I think and, he would be a fantastic fit.
0: And then, what would you do with um, what's our guy's name? Um, older guy,
1: uh, Carlos Dunlap. I'd trade yeah, him. Yeah. What would you do for? Yeah. Okay. I'd I, I find I'd find a find a home for him. Get a draft pick for him because um, he, he's older. He's got a year left. He's not going to be a guy that's going to be here um, as a major contributor once a rebuild is is done. Move on. Go get younger. Um, and actually quite frankly, better. Um, and you know, with that move and, and I would, uh, I would, yeah, I do that in a second.
0: So let's talk about the linebacker market. And I didn't even think that we would have this conversation this last week. Um, guess who's the number one ranked linebacker available in free. agency? (laughs) Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner. Yeah. 13th overall player available in the in the um Mm -hmm. but he's um you know pro football focus has him projected to have a contract of one year eight million Mm dollars and i'm just curious as if he doesn't find any uh, from what i understand he's got 12 or 13 suitors out there that are like wanting to so i don't think his market's going to be a problem i think he's going to get more than that he's he's probably going to get like a two or three year 12 million dollar a year deal still he's only 31 and a half
1: yeah. I mean he's slowed down. He has he's got some knee issues and he's um he's definitely slowed down. Um so teams that, that are signing him have to know that, but they do know that. it's pretty obvious on the tape, but you're still getting a guy who um has been in the top three in tackles every year in his of his career but one. Um he was in I think he was in the top three in this last year even missing the last two games. I mean just a a fantastic player uh, locker room presence that is like fantastic and, and great for everyone their true leader on the team all pro in so many different ways um he's worth more than just being a middle linebacker who's going to make a lot of tackles and he's going to find a market he's going to have a market and would i love to have him back in seattle absolutely especially if they're going to more of a 3-4 and you need two interior linebackers and you could um leave him next to brooks i'd love that but it's not going to happen um yeah. he's going to go get a chance to go play for a contender not play for a team that's in the middle of a rebuild and honestly go for it um i i would totally be okay is there anybody else watching in this him win
0: elsewhere Anyone else in this market that intrigues you at all? I mean, uh, Van Der Esch is out there. He's um, the one.
1: He's the one that I I like to say, yeah, probably I could I could see that. I just he's been having he's too.
0: had some injury issues and hasn't played up to his where where they thought that he would land as far as a mm-hmm. player, and that's why he's available. Um Alexander Johnson is another guy with he's you know with Denver actually this last year, but he's thirty years old. Um, but he would be kind of a scheme-diverse middle linebacker, outside linebacker, weak side. Um, so he could kind of float back and forth with you. would be probably matched up pretty well with Brooks. Um, Devondre Campbell is sitting out there. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I think you go, good... get, I get, you go to the draft. Damian Wilson maybe. Um... There's a couple of, of really outstanding tittle. I mean, there's a couple of really athletic middle linebacker types in the draft in the middle rounds that the Seahawks get. And I actually think that that's probably the direction that they go. Yeah. because they they draft a guy.
1: So if we move over to cornerback, um, we have, there's a lot of guys here that are um, not necessarily guys that I would think would be great fits, um, you know, as far as what Seattle wants to do. Uh, Kevin King at 27 is probably the best one, and we've watched him get lit up. Um repeatedly uh in a Packer uniform. And you know, it's a hard year. I mean, the Seahawks need um cornerbacks, but find me one that you're excited about bringing I like Carl.
0: I like Carlton Davis. Okay. I like Carlton Davis from Tampa Bay, um, age twenty-five. I think he's a number one guy. He's got the size and physical profile um that Pete Carroll likes as as a shutdown corner on one side of the field. If they're going to run some man this year, it sounds like they are. They need a guy, and a, and a guy like Carlton Davis would be good. And that, You know, you can find guys, too, in the draft, but they're not going to have the experience. They have the money to spend. We've already gone through the entire free agency list of players available, and there just isn't a lot. And there's, there's a couple of guys that you could pinpoint, like Landry and maybe Carlton Davis, and then go fill out your roster with everything else. Um, but if they spent the money there, I would not be unhappy. Those, those are the two position groups I would think that the CX might spend money on in free agency. And a guy like Carlton Davis, to me, would would be a guy. Um, and he's got great, great grades um, throughout. And I I just think that that's, that might be the target guy. The other guy is right at the top, uh, CJ Jackson. I think he's going to be really expensive. Yeah. But here's another lockdown kind of uh, corner that's available that's only 26 years old as well. Stephon Gilmore is a placeholder guy that's out there. I don't think the Seahawks go in that direction. We've talked about why, but maybe since their room is completely vacant, if things don't work out as far as signing their own players back, they might want a guy that just has all the experience in the world that they can help teach um, and mentor.
1: I think that Sidney Jones is, is is the most likely guy that to come back. Um, You might get a, uh, a placeholder for a year or two on a guy like, eli apple um yeah you know i mean you're not going to you're not committing a lot of money there uh, i just i I guess i just i'm not like carlton davis um other than that i'm not real excited about uh the free agent class at that mm-hmm. corner even though the cx don't have any cornerbacks healthy cornerbacks on the roster um so I, i'm like oh what do you do with all of that
0: so I- <laughs> It, it seems like we're going to be rolling a lot of money over into 2023,
1: which is fine because um, you know they're not going to win this year anyway. So roll the money over and use it. You know when you are because they're it, the best thing that that they, they could do this year is lose a lot of games and get themselves in position for a quarterback. Well, and, we just
0: we just lost them a ton of games just by not really being happy with anybody and not signing anything. Yeah. We saved him a whole boatload of cash. Um, um, yeah, yeah, I would spend the money on Landry and Carlton Davis and um maybe an off swing tackle offensive lineman kind of a guy and or a center, maybe a starting mm-hmm. center, and have three starters out of free agency, and you've got a little bit of money to to fill out, you know, some depth. We, we and, talked about
1: the team maybe paying um Quandre Diggs. I mm. would rather see them let dig's walk and spend the money on um Marcus Williams from the Saints who's 26 so he's I, you know, years like younger um going to cost a little bit more but I think he's worth it and he's younger he'll still be here and be in his prime when this team is ready to win again
0: yeah Marcus Williams I like that actually um and he's a versatile mm-hmm. free safety I mean he really does give you some options up and down that back end um. Yeah, and he's he's he'd be an upgrade. He so the would, other be an guy upgrade, would be an upgrade, and Diggs is right there, Pro Bowl level ish. Yeah. But Marcus mm-hmm. Davis is squarely in that conversation all the time. The other
1: guy I'd look at would be um, Xavier Woods, who played with the Vikings last year, uh twenty seven and uh bigger guy,
0: how, and I how... I would like that. I wouldn't be opposed to bringing Diggs back or have a combination of a guy like Marcus May and Marcus Williams um because we are going to need two premier kind of safeties in the back end which would be interesting Mm -hmm. or you think you know getting one of those guys and then having um marquise blair or somebody be able to 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 come in and fill that other um hybrid role for you or Um, draft a guy blair umadi
1: um ryan neal Mm -hmm. i think that that trio is going to give you one uh the biggest the bigger thing for me with this is is you've got to figure out if you can get Adams off this roster and um, because remember we're we, what have we looked through we've gone through all, every position and we've been like god there's just no one that I would I would jump at spending the money on um, okay so then don't use the cap room to eat uh, the dead money that you need to to get Jamal Adams off the roster um, and go that way go that route uh, I would like to me, that, that's a better fit. And then, like I said, go young, go hungry, go um, give yourself an opportunity to be drafting, you know, in the top three overall in, this, in, a, in the draft a year from now
0: and go get your quarterback then. All right. I think we've done enough. I think this is a pretty decent primer. And we've talked about all the position groups. We've talked about what the Seahawks have currently, who they might likely resign, who they would let go. Um, I think we'll know more obviously next week as far as what the team strategy is, because it'll start to present itself by the type of players that they're going for. Um, and um, it'll kind of tell us which direction that the, the team is going to go in 2022. It'll be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? No, let's uh, I
1: mean, it's, it's going to be a weird year. They've got money, but there's not the, there's not that upper echelon guys available this year which is a little weird um and so yeah we'll see what this team does they're they're rebuilding whether they want to or not because they traded their quarterback and cut their um best defensive player so we'll see what happens
0: okay find keith on twitter at myers nfl i'm at mwc hawk the show can be found on all your favorite podcast platforms and youtube would love more subscribers there so make sure you subscribe and share it with your friends and him
1: Podcast Network.